We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, you may have heard it. It's the Joe Burrow versus Lamar Jackson debate. It's been raging across national airwaves after Miles Garrett said that he'd take Burrow over Jackson. Well, Bobby, don't look now, but one Rob Gronkowski, of all people, he goes to bat for Lamar. And just as you'd expect, he's as entertaining as ever. Meanwhile, this is the question. Is this the most talented Ravens team that Lamar Jackson has ever had? You and I have our opinions on this. And the national debate has continued to have opinions on that as well. So we'll get into that just ahead. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Friday, November 10th. And this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Happy birthday, Mom. Love you. Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Munkin hit the podium Thursday. And, of course, Sarah, undrafted rookie running back Keaton Mitchell was a topic of conversation. He talked about, Todd did, an increased workload that could be forthcoming, among other things, all of which we'll get to. Plus, ESPN's uh, or ESPN Cleveland's Jake Trotter. He told us just how much is on the line for Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson entering Sunday's divisional rematch. Yep, we've got all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So the national debate, yes, it's for whatever reason. I'm actually okay with it, Sarah, when it's a former player like Gronk more so than I am when it's like a current player and Kay Adams is trying to bait and and almost pressure Miles Garrett to answer the question, Burrow or Lamar. Like that to me was just, it was a little bit much. It didn't seem that organic. Whereas Rob, I mean, he's, he's out of the league now for a couple of years, right? So this is, to me, I'm more receptive to this personally. Where are you at with this and what did you make of his comments? I'm receptive. I, maybe I don't understand. Like, what what were you not liking that that it, that it's a current player giving his opinion, or that she was she asked you know once or twice? It was so far from organic. It was so like you could tell that he was just like really seriously. Yeah. I just I just it was so watered down is what it felt like. Gronks was actually like this is good stuff. Yeah, he here. was ready for the conversation. Yeah, Granted, so, he's a media he, member, so like there's right. a, there's a difference. 
And he's also not about to face Lamar. Like you don't <laughs> want to give each other like bulletin board material. So anyway, we briefly touched on it. Um, mostly because I just didn't think it was, you know, a massive deal in terms of, I guess I was thinking of it is I hadn't heard it. And you said that, you know, some fans thought it was like bulletin board material. And then I listened to it. So I came into it looking at it from that perspective and I just felt like maybe kind of like you that it, it's not like he went overboard with it. Like he's like, yeah, I'd take Burrow. I'd like to take Lamar down, meaning he'd like to sack him, which 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 player, which pass rusher doesn't want to sack the quarterback. So I was looking at it from that perspective. But of course, the rest of the national media took it from a different perspective, which I understand. And they were like, oh, OK, the, the guy who's who's in the league says that it's Burrow over Lamar. So. That's how we kind of talked about it. So Gronkowski goes on the exact same show, Up and Adams, okay? And just like everybody else is doing, you know, what do you think of this topic of conversation? Who would you take? And here is Mr. Rob Gronkowski. About about it, but Lamar Jackson is currently the better quarterback. He's throwing the ball better than he ever has. And while he is sitting in the pocket, he is leading the NFL with 715 completion percentage rate Whoa. just think about that just think about that that's when he's in the pocket when he's not in the pocket he's either running the ball for another 20 yards and if he if, listen to this the only qb ever that led you know the nfl in rushing and completion percentage was steve young uh -huh. in 1994 so i think lamar ja lamar jackson if he keeps his pace up right now he could be the second quarterback ever to do it do you have like a a, a, a researcher there barking numbers at you? Like what? Where is where is what's happening here? Hey, this is the researcher right here. This brain. First of all, just the way he talks, it's almost it's very different from him. But when Lamar talks, he's very endearing to me. Rob Gronkowski's the same way. Like just yeah, Gronk, yeah, Gronk is just uh, fun. Seems like a, just a blast to be around. All that kind of stuff. Um, but Bobby, you really think about it, like. Think back to when Lamar was being drafted and nobody would have believed you if you said that Lamar Jackson, nine weeks into the season, you know, maybe six years in, but he's leading the league in completion percentage. There were so many people who felt like he couldn't do that. So here he is leading the league in completion percentage. He only has fumbles are one thing, but we're talking about passing right now. I think he only has like two or three interceptions. It's not a lot at all. Like he's just his pinpoint. And then you have that on top of him still being able to run. So, you know, it's, I don't change my opinion the other day. I said I could understand why somebody would want to take Burrow, and I could totally obviously understand why somebody would take Lamar. But I just really, you know, enjoyed that, you know, Gronk steps up, and he's like, hands down, it's Lamar right now. He's an entertainer. Gronk always yeah. has been, always will be, whether he's playing or not playing. He's straight up an entertainer. Uh, Lamar, yeah, he has a 71.5 completion percentage through nine weeks, three interceptions. He's thrown nine touchdowns, run for four more. So 15 through, you know, he counted for 15 total through nine weeks of football. And yeah, the fumbles have been an issue. Nine, some of them, as we've covered, haven't all been related to, you know, his doing. Some of that's been out of his control. A lot of them have been related to Ronnie Stanley's lack of protection on the left-hand side. We're not going to, you know, beat this to a pulp. We already have, but yeah, he he's been a great story so far this year. And to kind of get to the next national nugget here from Emmanuel Acho, I just kind of find it funny that we're having a debate in terms of. And granted, 
we're only halfway through this season, so you hate to 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 talk prematurely. But is there really a debate that this is Lamar's best team yet? Uh, to me, this unquestionably, this is the best team he's had. Uh, Manuel Acho and and the Fox folks had this this debate. What are you What are you thinking before we well, play let, this? Let, well, let me set it up. Let me set it up. So, yeah, that's the question. And basically, all four of them, except for Joy, because Joy Taylor is like. Let's see what happens in the playoffs, right? Because we, basically, it's either this team or the 2019 team. That's that's what we're talking about here. What I find interesting is it's not just what they're talking about, but it's what Acho says. And then in a completely different program, I want to play back to back what Dan Orlovsky says. Now, that's not they weren't necessarily talking to each other on the same topic, but what they said completely contradicts each other. And so it's that more what I want to talk about. Cool. Uh, I think that this is Lamar's most complete team. I think which one is best will be decided in the playoffs. But I think this is the most complete. But anyway, here's Ocho on why he thinks this is Lamar's best team yet. The Baltimore Ravens, this Baltimore Ravens team, I think is the best Baltimore Ravens team Lamar Jackson has ever been a part of. Mm. I understand he was a part of a 14-2 and two team, but lest yeah. I remind you, that 14-2 and two team lost their first playoff game to the Tennessee Titans. The reason this Baltimore Ravens team is the best Ravens team Lamar has ever had is because he has the best defense he's ever been a part of ever been a part of. The Baltimore Ravens will easily hold an offense under 10 points. Easily, especially since Roquan Smith has gotten there. This Baltimore Ravens defense is dominant, which means Lamar doesn't have to do as much. Mm -hmm. If you just look at Lamar's gross statistics, those will lie to you. That's why I don't love those. I think passing touchdowns, he may only have nine. That is irrelevant. Look at what is happening on the field. Mm -hmm. Offensively, they are as efficient as they have ever been. Defensively, they are swarming. I would say that the Ravens are the only elite defense in the National Football League right now. I don't want to talk about the Cowboys. I don't want to talk about the Niners. I would say that the Ravens right now are the elite defense. So, James Jones, mm -hmm. I think this is the best Ravens team, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Has ever, ever had. You said they had the number one scoring offense? Number one scoring offense over that stretch. Over the stretch. Over the stretch. And they have the number one scoring, scoring defense, defense in general, in, in totality. General. Put them two together, dominant. So this is <laughs> dominant. Dominant in any area. I thought that was, that was pretty funny. Okay. So his reasoning that this is the Lamar Jackson's best team yet is because of the defense. I, that's obviously not crazy. The defense is number one in scoring number two in yards allowed. So that's pretty good. Uh, but let, before I get your, your take, I, I want to play Dan Orlovsky. So over at ESPN, they start talking about fatal flaws. Uh, Swagoo, Marcus Spears, he says it's the fumbles. I, I, I actually agree with that. But here's what Dan Orlovsky says. This, this is interesting. But the good news for Baltimore is that their defense has been lights out this season. The Ravens have held their opponent to 13.8 points per game, which is more than two points better than any other team. That's also on pace to be the fewest points per game that any team has allowed in a season since the Ravens did it themselves back in 2006. Remember that great defense. The defense is great so far. It's not battle-tested. It's not realistically AFC playoff battle-tested. They have not seen a Patrick Mahomes, a healthy Joe Burrow, hmm. a Justin Herbert. They, they've played quarterbacks that are just okay. And again, the defense has been awesome. And I love Mike McDonald, their defensive corner. He's going to be a head coach soon. Mm -hmm. But QBR-wise, the best quarterback that they have played this year, Gardner Minshew. He's, and he's at eight. 
They got Joe Burrow week two when he was unhealthy. Right. So if we're talking about this team, Super Bowl kind of trajectory, you're going to have to see Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to see Trevor Lawrence. You're going to have to see a healthy Joe Burrow. You haven't seen those guys yet. So while the defense has been awesome, it's a little bit like we don't know how good you are when it comes to playing against the rock stars. What do you think about that argument? You got one program saying this is the best team for Lamar because the defense is so good. Then you got another program saying, uh, I don't know if this defense is everything it seems at this point. Crazy enough, I, I, is it? Am I able to somewhat agree with both of them? <laughs> I mean, they're they're taking different angles. I don't feel like I'm agreeing with opposites if I do that. You know what what Acho's getting at is something that we all know statistically. I test uh, the margin for error that we've talked about recently within the last week or so that the defense has provided in this ongoing um, process of of scheme implementation and trying to get comfortable with the new personnel around him like the defense has allowed for wiggle room in the in the margin for error department so uh totally with Acho there and then on the flip side Orlovsky's just kind of stating fact I mean we're halfway through here there's no question that Burrow was nowhere near 100% when they saw them what was that week Week two, 27 to 24 was the was the final there they'll see them again on Thursday night football next week you have both Los Angeles teams. The Chargers are probably the the more formidable foe there, right? Which is another primetime game on Sunday night. Uh, that's in late November. You've got, like Dan said, Jacksonville's no joke with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and, and what they have going on down there. Sam Fran, if Brock Purdy's healthy, we know that defense is insane. Uh, Miami's no joke. So, so I'm I'm okay that he's kind of backtrack, not backtracking, but pumping the brakes a little bit. Whereas it seems like Acho is just looking at the stats, comparing it to what Lamar has had in previous years. I'm actually kind mm-hmm. of okay with it too. You see where I'm at? Well, yeah, I will say, I will say the Ravens' best offense that they faced and completely shut down was the Lions. The Lions are number two in the league in uh, yards per game. Let me see where they're at with points per game. Uh, they fall probably like, what is that? Probably around number nine or 10, uh, probably fall in part because of the Ravens game. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's not like the Cardinals or the Steelers, uh, you know, or some of these teams are big, you know, Indianapolis, juggernauts. Area, you know, right. Even though the Ravens lost to him, but that was <laughs> yeah. Fluky anyway. So, so I feel like it's fair what Dan's saying. Here's what's crazy is I was looking back to that 2019 defense. That one was pretty good, too, because it finished number three in points per game. Ravens are number one right now. But again, to Dan's point, let's see what happens when we start. I mean, Miami's going to be. Are you kidding me? Or who knows? Maybe we're going to find out. Everybody keeps talking about, oh, well, Joe Burrow wasn't healthy. Okay, well, in about one more week, there's going to be round two that he's healthy. So. Uh, there's it just never seems like there's uh, there's always excuses. It feels like on the other side, but you know, okay, we we we'll, we'll see in a, in in another week. So the Ravens 2019 defense was number three in points per game and number four in yards per game. Mm. So right now it's one and two. Could it fall to three and four? Possibly with some of these bigger uh, you know offensive threats. So I actually don't think what makes this team for Lamar more complete and again i will say it's better if it if it definitely wins in the playoffs to me it's more complete because of the receiving core this is a more complete team on offense because 
if the run game were to be shut down, I think more can happen through the air. So to me, that's the reason why it's mo more complete. I wouldn't say it's only, it's because of the defense, because the defense was pretty good in 2019. I'm glad you brought those stats up because that obviously gets overshadowed by Lamar's MVP season and everything mm -hmm. he did on the ground through the air, right? The 36 touchdowns, breaking Michael Vick's single season rushing record for quarterbacks. Like the def Wink Martindale's group does not get enough credit there. Uh, back in 2019. So good stuff there going into the, the record books. Shall we get to press conference review from Thursday? Coordinator media availability, Todd Munkin, Mike McDonald, uh, Chris Horton, special teams coordinator, all met with the media. We'll get to a few of the notable nuggets, beginning with, of course, the, the man of the week, Keaton Mitchell, bursting onto the scene, undrafted rookie, nine carries for 138 yards, a touchdown in his first true effort in terms of uh, getting a chance and, and a, a true workload. Todd Munkin says that he, he may have uh, some more coming here in the near future. You know, what happened in the preseason a lot is uh, there were some plays that uh, he showed some lateral quickness and get to the edge, but you really didn't see him play behind his pads like he did in the game. Thought he did a great job playing behind his pads, showed good vision. There were runs that should have been four or five. He got seven or eight and runs that would have been seven and eight. He got nine or ten. Besides the one that showed his speed, but uh, thought he did a great job playing minus pads. And he also exactly what Roquan Smith said, by the way. Yeah. Between yeah. the tackles, more physical. Uh, it sounds like he surprised everybody that he was that physical. Yeah. You know, he didn't surprise. Though. I was listening to Marlon Humphrey on his Punchline episode this week, his new podcast with Jack Settleman. And Marlon was like, look, we, we knew this dude was blazing in preseason. Like, he went so fast in preseason at times. Like, it, sometimes it was slippery out there, and he was making such vicious cuts that Marlon said that he would just trip sometimes and fall because of how quickly he can actually fly <laughs> with that 5'8 frame. So it was cool to, to hear Marlon, who's pretty dang quick himself, uh, give some love to the Rook because he, he's come in, and that's, that's the word to use, Sarah, blazing. And that's what he was on Sunday against Seattle. <laughs> Todd also mentioned, Bobby, that he earned more opportunities. Yeah. So as long as he's healthy, we're yeah. going to see more and more from Keaton Mitchell. That's the big takeaway, right? Everybody wants to know, even like once he came off IR, everybody was like, where's Keaton? When are yeah. we going to get him involved? And then sure enough, the first chance he gets, he takes it and runs. So you know those questions are going to continue. Where does he fit into this backfield, whether it's committee or whether it's Keaton get, getting you know uh, a bunch of touches down the street? It'll be we'll committee with, at least with Gus Edwards at a minimum. It'll be committee, but what's his slice of the committee? Of course. Yeah. Todd Munkin talked about somebody who's – garnering all kinds of love for defensive player of the year because he's just that kind of a, a impact for Cleveland's defensive front, Miles Garrett. But he's such an athletic freak. He can do so many different things, line up different places. Yeah. I mean, that's, what's that yeah, like? it's awful. Yeah, it absolutely stinks, you know. Um, you know, he's just, uh, he's got such natural ability and he's worked awfully hard to, you know, um, really drill down you know his pass rush moves and he's relentless and um you know you have to account wherever he's at you know which is any elite player could be a receiver you know quarterbacks that can move uh pass rushers that make it difficult you know it makes it makes it difficult in terms of uh, everything that you do because he can wreck the game uh he can wreck the gaming uh he made it hell on indy you know, there was a couple plays that really changed that game. So, again, and he's a tremendous young man. He's a hard worker, great kid. Um, 
but it, it stinks. I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd prefer he's out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope nobody takes it as he'd prefer that he's injured. He just said, not out there. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> oh, Munkin. Yeah, you, you're going to have to make sure you have something planned for him at all times. He's, you, yep. you can never not be aware of where Miles Garrett is on the field and whether that's one guy or two guys like it's it's going speaking of committee it's going to be a committee approach to try and keep this to try and tame this guy which as we learned through Jake Trotter in our game preview episode go check that out if you haven't already done so nobody's really done it <laughs> no he and like Todd said he's a game wrecker and we we said it in our predictions like to me I feel like the Ravens can win this game but it would have to be a big play like that, like him him just doing a sack strip, what, inside the 20 to give the Browns offense a layup, right? Like, you cannot allow him to wreck the game, period. On to Jim Schwartz, who's the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. I just thought that was funny. It's, it's, it's a quick little 34-second snippet right off the top of his press conference. We all know that the Ravens thumped Cleveland back in – Week four, it was what twenty-eight to three, I think it was twenty-eight to three, and no Deshaun Watson, of course, right? They they were down. They had a, a rookie making his first ever start, and he looked like a rookie out there, Dorian Thompson mm-hmm. Robinson. But but Jim was asked essentially what, what his uh, the 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 lesson that's that's the word I'm looking for the lesson that they learned, and I don't think he really took kindly to that or about what Lamar can do and how they have to combat it this time around. I don't know. I think I'll just leave that um, I'll leave that for the Ravens to figure out. There's no sense in me talking about what we did well, what we did poorly, and what we're changing. What kind of a challenge is he, though, obviously, with the, his ability to take the smallest play and turn it into a big one? Yeah, you know, I mean, he, he made some scramble plays and some quarterback run plays in the first game uh, that we played, and We'll have to we'll have to do better on those. We did a lot of good things in the first game too. Didn't play a consistent game. Um, didn't finish the game well. But uh, there's a lot to build on from that game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Now, having watched his entire press conference, Sarah, I don't think he is one of those coordinators that enjoys media availability. Okay. Yeah, no, he looks like it's like... <laughs> His teeth are being pulled is what he sounds like. Just please get me out of here. I'm not talking about Lamar. He is old school. He is extremely dry and wants to get in and out of there. Lamar did account for what it's worth for four total touchdowns that day. Did not throw a pick. He did have two fumbles, one of which was lost. He finished with a passer rating of 142.5 and, of course, led Baltimore to a pretty convincing win over a lesser opponent with DTR at quarterback. 28 to three. I just, I just found that to be kind of entertaining there. (laughs) Definitely did not want to be there. Last thing from podium. I do believe uh, Todd Munkin, we, we showed a video of this early in the week, all these throws from different angles from Lamar Jackson Uh, media asked him, you know, Hey, I assume that when you were playing quarterback, where did he say he went? Knox, Knox college. And he said it was division 16, (laughs) but he was, he was a quarterback and they were like, I don't suppose they, they let you throw from all these different arm angles back in the day. Angles. Well, it's impressive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, That's pretty cool. You're not going to see those old YouTube videos and see old, you know, those arm angles with me. I didn't even know those existed. Um, That's awesome. I mean, it's, um, he's got a unique ability to, you know, still be accurate with uh, multiple arm angles, which you're seeing with a lot of these quarterbacks. You're seeing the ability with arm angles. Um, some of it comes from guys that, in my opinion, play baseball, like Mahomes. Like if you're a middle infielder, you're used to turning a double play and your arm angles still being accurate. Um, that's my opinion. Yeah, it goes back to what Orlovsky was talking about the other day, too. I keep going back to that, like the looseness with which he throws the football mm-hmm. or, or his right arm allows for, you know? Mm-hmm. Just funky how it just is. I mean, we talked about it. It just sometimes boggles the mind. You're like, was that somehow AI generated? How did that? How does that ball yeah. have that bend to it? It's kind of crazy. Real quick, Brian Mink from the from the Ravens team media. He caught up with OBJ uh, in the locker room Thursday. Asked him about going up against his former team in the Browns for the first time. And OBJ said, quote, I made great bonds and memories with those guys over there. Once you're on a team, you build a brotherhood that lasts way longer than anything else. Not to be like, oh, it's it's another game to me, but it will be fun to go against these guys who are friends and brothers of mine, but definitely no animosity on my end for sure. A lot of love and respect, close quote. So, yeah, nice to know that, you know, there's – he's – He's moved on from from those days. Lots of love. Uh, but, yeah, everybody wants to beat their former team. Everybody. OBJ's been around too long to provide any kind of bulletin board material for those types of questions. You know, he, yep. same thing Same thing could be said even though he didn't play in week two, even if he would have been around there uh, going back to Cleveland for, you know, I, I don't think he, he would have kept it business as usual. Injury report week 10. Few other guys, obviously a little bit more lengthy than a lot more lengthy. A lot than more Wednesdays. lengthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, what? Yeah. This, this certainly, I guess you can call it night and day from Wednesdays. It only had three guys, if I'm mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, from, from Wednesdays. Anyway, it yeah. does look a little bit more lengthy. Jalen Armour Davis popped up with an illness. He was a DNP on Thursday, hasn't played for the most part all year long. Rashad Bateman with a back designation he was limited i don't either because that's been if i'm not mistaken 
that has been a recurring issue for him in the past. So Rashad is now limited on Thursday. We'll be monitoring him very closely going into Friday. Odell Beckham Jr., after getting what all of us probably thought was, you know, expected was a rest DNP day on Wednesday. He was a full participant on Thursday. Marlon Humphrey and Keaton Mitchell, both of these guys popped up on the injury report. I know. Don't like that. No, both with hamstrings. Jeff Zarebeck did see Marlon jog off the field, but clearly enough to leave practice early to the locker room, seemingly. And both of those guys were marked as limited on Thursday. Morgan Moses, who missed last week with the shoulder injury, he's been a full participant all week long so far. Michael Pierce must be getting knocked out pretty good with whatever illness he's dealing with because he's been a He was DNP. out there, though. Jeb Zrebeck said he was out there, though, just okay. in his street clothes. So at least okay. it seems like, I mean, if he's not in bed. So okay. that's good. All right. And then, you know, last but not least, and perhaps this is the return, the return of the Mac, the return of the Marcus Williams. Hopefully he's been a full participant dealing with that hamstring back-to-back days. So perhaps we could get him back in the back end of that Raven secondary come Sunday. But yeah, seeing Marlon and Keaton pop up here and, and especially Rashad with that back, not great, but we'll, we'll learn more on Friday. So Marcus Williams wasn't on the report on Wednesday, which we both were kind of surprised by. I wonder if it was just like they overlooked it um, because I, he, he played in full both ways. So I don't think him being on here means that he re-injured or anything. Uh, I just, I, my guess is they overlooked it because he did practice again in full. So the good news on the guys popping up in terms of Bateman, Mitchell, and Humphrey is they were all still out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, limited, but they're still out there. But I just would like to know what happened between Wednesday and Thursday that put them out there. So there was no other new DNP other than Jalen Armour Davis, but that's just an illness. So no new DNPs. So we'll just watch that. The hamstrings and backs are finicky. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And they linger sometimes. They linger yeah. if you're not careful too. So in terms of our official game preview, we should we'd love for you to go check that out if you haven't already done so. It's available in the archives. ESPN's Jake Trotter, the Cleveland reporter and Brown's beat reporter, dropped by. And I think the biggest teaser here is that it surrounds Deshaun Watson. Jake straight up said, look, like this week and next, back-to-back games for for Cleveland, defining moment for not only the Browns, but a defining moment. For Deshaun Watson, he needs to make a statement. He mentioned that patience is running thin in Cleveland. And wow, I mean, why wouldn't it be with that contract? The guy's barely played this year. And it seems as if every time I see Deshaun pop up on my Twitter timeline, Sarah, there's some sort of back and forth happening, mixed messaging about whether or not he's ready to go, why he isn't playing, him getting mad with the media or testy. Like, it's it's weird times over there. And I think we all got to feel grateful that our multi-million dollar quarterback is not even anywhere close to dealing with that type of situation uh, right now whatsoever. And yeah, they got a lot of questions to answer over there yet. They're in the, they're, they're in a position where also what Jake said, you win the next couple of weeks and you're all of a sudden you're in the driver's seat to potentially, you know, try and take this division over the next couple of months. Right. We already know that for the Ravens, they're playing these two AFC North games back to back within five days of each other because it's Sunday to Thursday uh, versus Bengals, then versus or versus Browns and then versus Bengals. But on the Brown side, the same thing's going on. They've got Ravens and then not on Thursday, but the next week they've got Steelers. 
So we've talked about, I mean, this game, Bobby, I'm there. The Browns are going to be so unbelievably motivated. They're going to be motivated from a division lead standpoint. They're going to be motivated from, we can't be swept standpoint. They're going to be motivated from a Deshaun Watson. He's going to be motivated because uh, you know, Jake said that, and then I've also, as I was watching some of the national stuff across different channels, they all just said the same. It's it's again what they said last week when I got fired up. They were talking about how Geno Smith, it was going to be like a statement game for him if he could come into Baltimore and beat Baltimore and outplay uh, Lamar Jackson. Well, now other shows are saying the same thing about Deshaun Watson. I, all I can you know hope for is that Cleveland does what Cleveland does and implode with under all that pressure. It's no joke. There, there's the pendulum is going to swing one way or the other over the course of the next couple of weeks. This is a pivotal two-week stretch for both of these teams, but specifically the Ravens with that quick turnaround, boy, and it's in division back-to-back. Yeah. Todd Munkin said that he doesn't mind short weeks. I don't know if the players feel the same way about that. <laughs> you know, it's it's woof. Go check out the game preview. We get more, more much deeper into this this matchup, and we have our predictions there. Both Bobby and I chose the Ravens to win. Bobby, what was your score? 2017. 2017. I did 2417. I felt a little bit more confident than you did, but we'll we'll find out. So, uh, real quick. So, um, you know, Kyle Brandt over at Good Morning Football. He does the angry runs. I, I love this segment, okay? This guy gives everything to it, is out of breath, loses... Bobby, the way he sounds, I'm trying to explain to you how I am. By the way, basketball season starting up again. I have my first practice tonight. I'm coaching to my my daughter's team and my son's team. My other son, he aged out. They don't let parents, you know, teach the high schoolers. So, anyways, <laughs> so I will likely lose my voice coming up because the way you hear Kyle Brandt, <laughs> that's me with these little kids when we play basketball. Okay, I'm losing my voice. I'm losing my breath. But this is him talking about Gus Edwards because Gus Edwards, uh, if you haven't watched the segment before, he picks out a bunch of different runs from the week. Who who gets the angry run scepter? He sends it out to the people uh, at their facilities. Gus Edwards was up against a couple other guys. Gus wins it, but I've got to play. They, NFL, they'll ding us. The copyright, they'll ding us. So I put some – I went and got the all 22 just so you <sighs> could watch it with this voice. But uh, hopefully we don't get dinged because we're supposed to be able to use all 22. So this is <laughs> – this is him. We got another one. Let's get on the bus. Let's get on the bus. Put your little quarter in. Sit down. Is a seat taken? Yeah, it's taken by Gus Edwards. Go, go. This guy just flies off him like a bug into a windshield. He does a reverse stiff arm, and he's down in the field. That's what Gus does. And look at this bus. This bus going like Sandy Bullock's driving it, and Connor Roy's taking pictures in the passenger Connor seat. Roy. That's right. Stay above 50. I love it. Baltimore, you're getting it back. Go. It's going back home. Gus, the bus. Gus, the winner. Scepter coming to Baltimore. Angry run. Boom. See you next week. <laughs> That's awesome. He, he's in great dude. shape, by the way. Look at that dude. Oh, he's in, he's in great shape. I mean, to be able to, like, basically scream at the top of your lungs for five minutes is actually not easy to do. Like, to bring in that, that, that power. So, um... Anyway, so Gus Buzz wins it, and uh, this one, not as much energy. Gus, Gus not necessarily made for TV, but the Ravens production team tried to put together a fun video to kind of accept the award, 
And of course, Patrick Ricard has won this before, along with many other Ravens. And so this is what they do to accept the award. As a former Angry Run winner of the week, it is my honor to present to you week nine's Angry Run of the Week, Gus Edwards. Thank you, Kyle Brandt, for selecting me as week nine Angry Runner. And thank you to my old line. And Pat. Not not as enthusiastic, but pretty funny. Like they got the chair out, the purple chair out, have them in the you know, the king seat. And I like they brought out all the, the, the five starting offensive linemen and then Patrick McCary. So they had the six and then with Pat. So that was pretty cool. That that is a anything media related for Gus. Is like yeah. pulling teeth. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. I, I love that I he was like willing to, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I love all the guys around him are willing to be. <laughs> That's so good. Clearly, it, it took like 45 seconds to do, and they were all ready to leave directly yeah. after. You could see him starting to, to, to walk back into the facility, but that's pretty funny. Reeled them in for the picture. Week 10 threads. One o'clock kickoff, MT Bank Stadium. Supposed to be some football weather. Low 50s as of right now, as of Thursday evening, while we tape this. But it's going to be purple on white, the classic. There's Rashad Bateman rocking it last year, opening week in the Meadowlands with the Jets. In terms of Fox's 2023 NFL midseason awards, no surprise, they've got Lamar Jackson as MVP, as many other outlets do. And there he is back in, what would it have been, February 2020? accepting the award in that slick orange suit with the purple underneath the bling showing some love to people in the probably his, his mom in the front row with the that's awesome i remember that night like it was yesterday it's crazy what else we got uh, going what else on we here? Got here oh oh marlon humphrey here uh jonah shaver just kind of uh highlighted how well humphrey's been playing hopefully that hamstring doesn't rear its ugly head but uh the last four weeks Two targets, zero incompletion, zero yards allowed. The next week, two targets, one incompletion, five yards allowed. The next week, zero targets, zero completion, zero yards. And then finally, this last week, two targets, zero incompletions, zero yards allowed. That is 0.04 yards per coverage snap. Is that pretty good, Bobby? Uh, I'd say he's rounding out in the form here, getting healthy again, and, and telling opposing quarterbacks without actually telling them, don't come my way. Because if you do, it ain't going to be productive. Great stuff there from 44. And this is pretty funny from our guy, Glenn Clark Radio here locally in Baltimore. He had Justin Matabike on the show this week. And Matabiste was asked about any superstitions they keep during this stretch of wins. We know that they've ripped off four in a row. And Justin said, quote, we've been playing a lot of Chief Keefe in the locker room lately, and we've been winning. So, <laughs> yeah. Keep that thing going. I mean, whatever it takes. Are you kidding me? Why not? Absolutely. One other note right. here, too, before we jump. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get T. Higgins in there. Just because, I mean, it's such a short week, right, after this yeah. one. that it's it's We're going to be turning our operations around really quickly, too. And um, for everybody, it's going to be a short week. Anyway, Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. He did not practice on Thursday this week. He injured his hamstring in practice earlier in the week. He's expected to miss this Sunday's game against the Texans. And he's going to be evaluated on a week-to-week basis going forward. So being that literally six days from now, the Ravens and Bengals play, it's notable. Jamar Chase that could, also... That could be... Sorry, just real quick. That could be massive because I actually think the Ravens have done decent against Chase. But it's Higgins. Higgins yeah. always seems to come on strong. 
So yeah. that is going to be something to monitor for sure. You know, they kept Jamar in check uh, in week two, yeah. but it's just, like I said, that they got weapons all over the place. So you take one of them out and that changes the, the you know, the complexion of everything. Jamar Chase says that his back is feeling okay. He's been dealing with the back issue. He told reporters today that it's feeling okay. And in his mind, he's playing, says it's going to be a game time decision. And then Sam Hubbard is unlikely to play this weekend with an ankle injury. So Cincinnati's I playmaking. Saw, I saw Chase fall. Dude, that yeah. was a hard fall onto his back. It was hard. Yeah. So these guys are banged up right now at the halfway point of the season and something to just monitor going into, again, a short week when the Ravens and Bengals play inside the bank on Thursday night football. First primetime game of the season coming up in six days. Thank you to our returning patrons. These guys are supporting everything we're building here inside the channel through Patreon this month, and we certainly appreciate them. Shout out Alan J. And shout out Chris Gagnon. Appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same, visit the show notes below or patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering uh, here inside the channel this month through Patreon. Partner, have a great weekend. And I guess you and I will talk post game once press conferences finish up, right? Yeah. Enjoy the pregame. And, uh, I still, 24-17, Bobby. Ravens got it. Ravens got it. Let's go. Let's shut down Deshaun Watson. He's not making a statement game. This will be defining in in a bad way. Let's go. Let's go. All right. I like it. Rip it. Get going. Get fired up because uh, November football is, I don't know, November and December football just hits different. Starts to get that crisp chill in the air. It's Like I said, it's like low 50s. Come Sunday, so this is going to feel good. Looking forward to the pregame show with BMO around town, like you said. And as always, if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to the channel. We're coming up on 11,000 all of a sudden. So thank you for all of your support. Like this video if you enjoyed this piece of content. Go check out everything we we did this week in the archives, including episode 5 of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith, powered by our friends at CyberTech. <laughs>